turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, and welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities, the show where we look back on cartoons that you feel like only you remember. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. And welcome to the show. Uh, Happy Saturday, Melissa. Happy Saturday to you. I'm happy to be here on a Saturday or on any day. On any day that you may or may not be listening to this. Right. Maybe you're listening to this so far in the future that there's an eighth day that we haven't invented yet. Please, if you are an eighth day, <laughs> don't forget to email us about it. Uh, leave a rating and review about being the eighth day of the week on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Send it to the show. We'll read it on air. Leave a five-star review anywhere else. You can still send it to us and we'll read it on air. Mm-hmm. Five-star mm-hmm. reviews help people find the show and we look forward to receiving some. Yes. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Fighting Foodons, an old cartoon that we grew up with a little bit. But before we get into that, we have our first segment where we kind of talk about new media, cartoons or otherwise that we've been adjusting, a segment called What's New Scooby-Doo. Mel, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? Uh, what I have is a thing that I have not seen and hardly anybody has seen. Great. Uh, it's another lost media tale. <laughs> What is this? Uh, so the channel Blame It on Jorge, who covers a lot of lost media content, put out a new video this past weekend. It's called the Creepy Hitogata Japanese Commercial, Lost Media okay. Case Files Volume 3. So this is a video that's got several different little stories about assorted lost medias. And one of these is a movie called Quantum Quest, A Cassini Space Odyssey. Which was in the 2000s, which is when we are now, like late (laughs) 2000s, early 2010s around then. I think this movie was supposed to have come out in like 2009. I don't know, (laughs) because it barely came out. (laughs) So NASA, they sent uh, the Cassini satellite up to space. It collected some very cool stuff. NASA was very excited. And NASA decided to develop an animated movie based on personifications of the cosmic elements that they encountered during the space mission. Now, now, now hold on. Is this, okay. this is a real thing that NASA did that yes. they turned into a movie? Yeah, so they sent a probe out there or whatever it was, and it collected a lot of information. They learned more about how cosmic things work i'm not a scientist i just watch youtube videos about movies nobody can see and (laughs) they worked with this animation studio to make a movie like one of all these characters it's like a galactic adventure space opera thing but they're all sort of they represent different cosmic elements and like the the main conflict of the movie is a dramatization of you know real cosmic waves bumping into each other or something like that So they made a movie called Quantum Quest, a Cassini space odyssey (laughs) with a a jam-packed cast. I have to send you this video. You have to watch it. You have to see them flash the names up on the screen. And like everybody's playing an abstract concept. So it's like Samuel L. Jackson is fear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's generally true. (laughs) 
very scary. But it's a huge cast. And then when the thing's finally done, they were working with some smaller animation studio. It does not look great. Uh, it looks very PlayStation 2. Uh, <laughs> and this movie only was shown in the Kentucky Science Museum for one I month. I thought you were going to say Derby. <laughs> they showed it to the horses to inspire them. <laughs> Yeah, it was for, shown for at one, one science center for like like a one month engagement or something like that. Like wow. and there's so much evidence like this is real. We all know this is real. It's on people's IMDb's. There's a full website like promoting the movie when they thought they were going to like put it in theaters or put it on DVD or whatever. There's so much stuff about this movie, but like unless you went to the Kentucky Science Museum that one month in like 2011, you can't see it. Nobody can see it. And there were like brief clips in this video from like a trailer video that was released ahead of that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the lead character, he's some sort of golden sun man voiced by Chris Pine. And there's Great. a bit in this, there's a bit in this trailer footage that was shown. That's this Chris Pine sun man yelling at his dad, like the sun King, who's also some, highly respectable actor like some it's all huge names in this thing so big <laughs> mark hamill's in it the man from space himself wow. and it's this chris pine sun man and he's like what am i supposed to do to help this i'm only a beam of light <laughs> i have a lot of questions i yeah we all do <laughs> uh is when did this happen Ah, uh, like I said, this was uh, sometime in the late 2000s, early 2010s. It's okay. like sometime between 2008 and like 2011 that this happened. How did we lose Why? media no. after like 2010 or 2005 even? They didn't put it anywhere. They only put it in the Kentucky Science Museum and nowhere what? else. What did the Kentucky Science Museum do with it? I, they showed it in their their theater. Where did the film go? I don't know. That's what people <laughs> are trying to find out, hopefully. And, like, I'm watching the video, and they're like, there's lots of lost media that, like, even if it's confirmed that we... Because so much of lost media is theoretical. It's like, even if we know it's real, like, who knows who has it, how we're ever going to get our hands on it. But the video was like, this is 100% real. Like, it's reputable. We know it's it happened. It's going to come out at some point. Like, this will just quietly drop onto, like, uh, Discovery Plus in the middle of the night. I don't know. <laughs> One of those wow. things that, like, <laughs> the platform never recommends it. You have to type in the full title, every single character, and then it admits it has it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely send that to me. I'll put that in the show notes for people that are interested I did. in this. This is, yeah. this is bonkers. Uh I hope they find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to see whatever this is. This video was comparing it to Food Fight in that it was a movie with like, we've got a great idea. We've got this Hollywood cast. We're gonna, it's gonna be a beautiful CGI animated feature. Whoops, it isn't. It doesn't look good. How small <laughs> can we possibly release this thing? Wow, that's great. That's amazing. How about you? What, have you watched something? Because I, I didn't. <laughs> We can't. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Uh, so for the most part, the thing that I'm most excited about right now 
is we're recording this on uh, April 29th. So mm-hmm. later, not technically a Saturday, but don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> later tonight, Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap will be coming oh. out around midnight. And I'm going to be playing it. And I'm very excited. I, I haven't played the first one in a long time. Very excited for this one. That's most of where my excitement is. I'm just going to sit ahead. here jittering in place, uh, excited <laughs> until the clock strikes 11. Um, is is Snap Todd still in it? <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave the question as, is Snap Todd? <laughs> is Todd Snap? He went by both names. I think, I don't know. There's a lot we don't know right now. Okay. Um, the game will be coming out soon, so I'll, I'll tell you then. But mm. I think you play as like a different kid that's not Todd Snap. Snap okay. Todd. <laughs> and you play with like a different professor and stuff like that. It's like a whole island and stuff. Oh, I'll, a new I'll, professor. I'll, by the time this comes out, you'll probably know the answer to most of these. Okay. On the other side, uh, I've been watching exclusively one person's Twitch stream of one game for the past about four, three or four nights. Uh-huh. Um, I've been watching uh, YouTube like uploads of this uh, Twitch streamers like vi- like videos, like mm-hmm. eight hour long, five hour long videos of him playing uh, the Yakuza spinoff game, Judgment. Okay. Do you know anything about the Yakuza game series? Uh, my other co-host Kyle told me about it in, in that the game has so many different little tangents you can wander down like mm. as a yakuza you, you may go to a, a cd club but you can go to that cd club a lot there's so many activities that if you chose to do them there at the cd club you can get invited <laughs> so many activities for you to do so many weird little subplots with like the bartenders and the dancers there that you can get involved in like you can barely do any actual yakuza stuff in the game it was the impression i got <laughs> Well, there's a there's main story Yakuza stuff, but yeah, a lot of like the side quests and like side missions. If you wanted to 100% the game, you would have to go to the the batting cage and like win every like competition thrown at you. You'd have to go play shogi for like 15 hours. Uh, you'd have to play little race cars with other little kids. <laughs> for for other four hours. Other little kids, in addition to yourself, the child Yakuza. The li- the littlest yakuza uh but the game i'm watching him play the the twitch streamer is uh ray narvaeus jr and i think i'm about like 16 hours into this playthrough but yeah the this is a spinoff of the yakuza game series it's called judgment and you follow this detective yagami who like Three years ago, he had a big, like, whoopsie in the legal world where he accidentally let a murderer go free. Uh, uh-huh. And no one, no one will let him forget that. And now a lot of things are coming back to haunt him. So it's kind uh-huh. of like a, like a a little bit of a, a Yakuza game and a little bit of Ace Attorney. So Okay. But it's a lot of fun. And I have probably, like, 18 more hours to go. <laughs> Just watching him play through it. Mm. it is, I don't know. It's, wow. it's, ni- it's nice to only have one form of media right now. <laughs> I can get that. Yeah. Just diving real deep onto like one thing. You don't yeah. have to make choices about what to watch. You know, it's just that thing again until you're done with it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of satisfying. 
I mean, it's it's definitely entertaining. I really like this Twitch mm-hmm. streamer. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Let's uh, l- let's get into the show. Yes. So we typically take turns picking shows or movies for us to watch. I picked Fighting Foodons. Mm-hmm. I remember like this being on Fox Box or Fox Kids, whatever it was at the time. And yes. The theme song is ingrained in my head. Oh yes. Like, I don't know the lyrics by heart, but it oh, is. Oh, I, I know some of them. I know you're supposed to choose the right ingredient to make the food obedient. <laughs> <laughs> depending on the spice you add your food on could be really bad yes i have i've always known this never forgotten <laughs> i have some of the lyrics from the theme song played up but we will be listening <laughs> to the theme song later good um, but yeah uh it's it's just one of those weird shows where you know when you're just talking down the list of weird cartoons well there was the one where they made food fight a real food fight <laughs> <laughs> Not the yeah. one with Dex Dog Detective. No, never that one. God forbid that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's my history with Fighting Foodons. Mel, what did you remember of this show before we watched it? Also, uh, the same things. I remembered it airing on the Fox Kids Saturday morning block. I remembered the theme song. And when I was watching this, I realized everything else I thought I remembered about it was actually from Ultimate Muscle. Yeah, I. Every time I tried to look up videos on YouTube, it would also show me Ultimate Muscle stuff, which <laughs> I really want to watch Ultimate Muscle, but I can't find a reliable place to watch it or stream it. Oh. I'll probably have to end up buying it somewhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really want to watch Ultimate Muscle at some point. So before we get into the episodes that we watch, let's talk about the theme song. I mm. do have. I tried looking up the lyrics. So I do have a lyrics page up from GaiaOnline.com wow. where oh someone, my God. <laughs> someone either transcribed these or took these down from memory because they don't entirely match up. But for the most part, okay. this is it. Do you want to hear the lyrics first or the intro first? I don't know. Dealer's choice. Let's hear the intro first. Okay. And just um just try and make out these lyrics because they come at okay. you really fast and then afterwards we'll quiz you on what you think the lyrics were. So we're watching Fighting Fighting Foodon's intro, uh, uploaded in two thousand six. Uh, uh, <laughs> the dawn of YouTube. The dawn of YouTube. <laughs> One of the uh, first thousand videos YouTube ever had. Somebody was like, "We gotta get the Fighting Foodon's intro on there." <laughs> It's really it's it's very warbly. I might try <laughs> when I edit this later to find a cleaner version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Starting in three, two, one, play. Right away, already lost what he's at. Right, yeah, it's it's pretty incomprehensible for stretches of it. Depending on the spice you add, your food on could be really bad. There's some cute character designs in this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> now it slows down. I wish we got to see that Pizza Grim Reaper. I tried to find that episode. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. If anything's left over, you can 
Thanks. God, that one's my favorite. The little fry guy with the hat. I do love when he when he launches French fries from his head. I wish I could do that. One day. <laughs> I keep training. All right, and that's the intro. All right, please please read the written lyrics uh, from Gaia Online. <laughs> A dramatized uh, version of the theme song. Make something incredible. These monsters once were edible, so everybody take a look at all the creatures you can cook. Fighting foodons, nachos, beans, or in be- nachos, <laughs> beans, or in between. I, I I almost got swept away with the th- with the with the speed. <laughs> What's in between nachos and beans? Is it literally well, <laughs> like cheese and ground beef, like the interior layers of nachos? Are nachos it's... and beans on a spectrum with each other? <laughs> At one side, you, you have chaotic evil. The other side, you have lawful good. What? What? Either whether which, whether each one is nachos or beans is up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then it goes fighting foodons. This is really mean cuisine. Pick the right ingredients to make the food obedient. Depending on the spice you add, your foodon could re- be really bad. Parentheses, bad, bad, bad. Which food on will you choose? Fighting food ons, it's the food with attitude. Carefully select your recipes. Pizza will attack with gooey cheese. Power up the fried rice. Wait, power up the fried rice with some peas. What will win, Italian or Chinese? Mm-hmm. All these cookable beasts that you can breed. So if you're itching for a brawl. Then start this kitchen free for all, and when your creature takes a fall, whip up a little matzo balls, and then it just repeats fighting foodons. It's the food with attitude. <laughs> what really sticks with me is the line, all these cookable beasts that you can breed. Yeah. Uh, implying that once you make two foodons, that the foodons can get together and make a third new foodon, a baby foodon. That's that's the future. That's the uh, the newest. They they reboot it, and that's what you get. Fighting food on hybrids. <laughs> we just combine the show with food wars, where we enter gra- gastronom- gastronomy gastronomy into all this. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just picturing like if you want to combine two foods, like if you want a pizza grilled cheese, like you have to put a pizza and a grilled cheese in a bedroom together. And like play them romantic music and leave and come back in a while and then there will be a pizza grilled cheese. <laughs> Do not question what happened in between between nachos, None of your nachos business. and beans. Your job's <laughs> yeah. only to supply the romantic music. Not even to make the food. <laughs> this is not food anymore. This is life. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the episodes we watched, let's talk about some facts. You ready facts. for some facts? Ready to learn. The show is called Fighting Foodons. Uh, the manga was created by uh, Naoto Tsushima. It was or it was written by. Uh, I don't. I for a while they don't say created by. I think it is just written by. Mm-hmm. The show was written by Taku Kodoya. The show was written by Taku Kodoya. There were twenty six episodes in total. It ran from two thousand and one to two thousand and two in Japan. Uh, country of origin was Japan. The production company was Group TAC and then was adapted by four kids in America. Original channel in Japan was NHK 
dash BS2. Um, there were two Game Boy Advanced games, or sorry, two Game Boy Color games for this oh. uh, this show, which uh, I couldn't find the names of. Oh, by the way, the, the original uh, name for this, the manga, is Martial Arts Cooking Legend Bistro Recipe, was the original name for that. <laughs> but Fighting Foodons rolls off the tongue so much. Let's talk about the popular voice actors. Uh, <laughs> before I filled this out in our little uh, info sheet, I just wrote C Pokemon, because honestly, it's just all the Pokemon voice actors. I <laughs> Always a treat to hear the Pokemon voice cast back uh, anytime I'm in Veronica Taylor's hands. I, I feel good. Yeah, we have, uh, as the voice of Chase, the, the main kid, uh, we have Tara Sands, who is best known for Mokuba and Sammy and, and Bulbasaur. Sammy from Pokemon Forever, not just any old Sammy. Uh, Veronica Taylor voice is uh, Claudia. One of the villains we will meet, uh, mm-hmm. who voices Ash Ketchum and April O'Neil. Uh, Ted Lewis plays uh, Chef Jack, the original voice of Giovanni and Bakura from Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, also Amy Pallant, who voices Miles, who voices Miles Prower, a.k.a. Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog, oh, God. Uh, plays... Kayla, Chase's little sister. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we also have, uh, as one of my favorite characters in this show, Cole Slaughter. Uh, yes! Is voiced by Eric Stewart, our, our boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, should we talk about the characters before we get into these epi- these episodes we watched? It, so, I did not remember a single character. In my head, like I said, I, I confused a lot of this with... Uh, ultimate muscle and ultimate muscle i get confused with mucha lucha so really i barely <laughs> knew anything about fighting food hans except that it was the food with attitude uh, and in my head i think i thought of it as like oh there's it's like a game kids it's like a sport kids get into like you join the food on team at your school or it's like a card game that comes to life like i was thinking of this more in like the Yu-Gi-Oh realm no, it's it, it starts in as like a fantasy adventure. There's a lot yeah. of mythology immediately in episode one. This isn't just food metabots. Right, food metabots. That's what I thought it was. Let's go ahead and, and instead of talking about the characters, let's get right into the first episode. That'll yeah. in- introduce most of our characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched episode one, episode seven, and episode 13. Uh, episode seven was supposed to be a different episode, but we just went ahead and rolled with what we got. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the trouble when you're looking at, uh, animated shows that came out many, many years ago. (laughs) Okay. Episode one. (laughs) So we start with. First off, the episode is titled Rice to Meet You. Oh yeah. We should mention all these episodes are food puns. All of them. That's that's the strong point of the show. There are a couple like good, solid jokes in there. Yeah, there are good jokes in this, but most of this, like eighty percent of the show, is food puns, and you just gotta live yeah. with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, introducing the world of fighting foodons. The very first thing we see in the show is a king being presented with two dishes, and 
they're trying to feed the king. Like, which dish would you like? And he's like, I don't care what dish tastes the best. Which one would win in a fight? Yeah, he says, which of these choices is stronger? Yeah. And they're like, we didn't quantify that, sir. But I guess we'll figure it out now because you're the king. Yeah. And and so the, the chefs are bickering. And suddenly a, um, a mysterious man appears and holds tickets that uh, he calls meal tickets. Mm-hmm. He says, this will bring the food to life and it will fight each other. Isn't that great? Uh, and then we get the intro and then we flash forward to uh, Georgetown. Uh, named... Gorge, Gorgetown. Oh, the, you're right. Uh... I, I have it written down in my notes as Gorgetown, but that can also be pronounced as George. Yeah, it's it's Gorgetown. There's like a current like uh, ruler named Gorgeous Gorge, who I think is a parody of some wrestler. I don't. I don't know a lot of wrestlers. I really don't. Maybe someday day. I will. Yeah. yeah. We'll watch. Uh, well, you've seen Scooby Doo WrestleMania Mystery. I I'm sure I've seen part of it. I can't remember all of what happens. I've watched it multiple times. I will definitely. You've definitely watched all of it at some point. Uh, but yeah, we will. We will probably have uh, some kind of form of of wrestling edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wrestling edutainment, please. I want to be educated as well as entertained. Yep. So yeah, these meal tickets. Uh, they have like little like yin yangs on them, and they're just like little cards that mm-hmm. you can throw onto food. And then it turns into a monster. Uh, it's not determined like what kind of monster it is. It's mostly just a food pun. <laughs> yeah, doesn't I don't know how you know what you're going to get. I, I don't, don't know if do. it's like if I always make this one fried rice recipe, it will make me like there's a, a little creature named Fried Ricer. Is that mm. the only one that there is? Is that an individual or is that like a Pokemon, like a Bulbasaur? There's many of them. So in the show, after Fried Ricer is created, uh-huh. uh, Chase can throw the card, the meal ticket card, and make Fried Ricer appear. So I guess the card is like a Pokeball at that point. Yeah. He doesn't. He only needs to cook the fried rice once, right? He doesn't repeatedly yeah. have to make fried rice. But that's not to say that you couldn't make fried rice with a different portion or spice and create a different fried ricer. Yeah, like, is it just fried ricer, but he has a mustache now? Or have you made a separate person? Yeah, it's, there's a lot to talk about. It's, Mm. it almost feels like, do you remember, I don't know if you remember the Monster Rancher video game? Uh, Not the video game, no. So the video game was cool in that you could, in order to unlock monsters in the game, you could just put random CDs into oh, your right. like yeah. PS1 drive, and it would make a monster. You don't know what monster it's going to make. Um, I'm sure there may be a master list now. Of what what discs? But you could put like CDs and musics and like in there. Uh, wow. Other PS1 games, anything you want in there. So it, I imagine it's a little bit like that. That other thing. <laughs> Microsoft Encarta into the PlayStation and it would make a monster for us? It would. Wow. Monster of edutainment. (laughs) So we skip to current day uh, and we're in this weird 
cult thing that's happening. Yes. Okay, so in Gorgetown, there's all these people who are toiling to build a giant statue of the king. And then it cuts to this, like, underground, like, castle dungeon full of occult chefs who are all chanting. Yeah. They're all chanting, and the subtitle said they were chanting bloody blood, but they're very clearly <laughs> chanting power of the glutton. Bloody blood. I don't know. There's a there's not a lot of very good captions in this. Uh, <laughs> caption workers are very excellent people, and I I am yes. glad they do the service they do. This one is not very good. So they're they're chanting and and like there's this person in a hood like bringing ingredients to this bowl that's on the ceremonial table. Uh, and then we cut to jail uh, somewhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, in jail, uh, there is an adult man who you can absolutely tell from his haircut that his son has the same haircut before you meet the son. <laughs> it's one of those yes. quintessential cartoon moments where the father and son are just the same person aged up. Yeah. Yeah, he's just buff son. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Hi, this is my dad, buff son. This is my son, buff son. <laughs> Like this is my son, bless dad. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's in jail for some reason. Uh, I think it's later revealed that he is a, a rebel uh, mm-hmm. for against this King Gorge. Yeah. Uh, but in the meanwhile, he's just in jail, and his kids are coming to break him out. His kids mm. are Chase, who looks like him. I guess we should describe him. He is just like. A muscly fig- figure with like brown hair, and then there's like a shock of blonde in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his son is just that is just also that. Yep. Um, but smaller. Uh, Sun sized. Yeah, and there's there's just they're just dressed like it's an anime. I don't really know what else to say. There's yeah. a lot of bold colors and belts uh, and gloves, and the the dad has the same scalp same color scheme as the sun uh, <laughs> except he has like a ponytail and like hand wraps instead of gloves to show that he is beefy <laughs> gloves don't fit gloves don't fit uh and then his sister is like a small bulma she's got the same color <laughs> yeah! palette with, yes. with the same color hair except it's in like little pigtail buns and they're uh arriving to try and rescue their dad um chef jack i think is his name yeah, Chef Jack. Is this where they oh. go in, and they get the cart? Or do they get the cart after they rescue him? Uh, so they go in to try and rescue their dad from jail. Um, they are foiled by that mysterious robed figure we saw earlier. Takes off the robe and it's a cute pink cat girl named Claudia. Who works for <laughs> King Gorge and his gluttons cult of chefs. And she yeah. f- foils their, their breakout attempt and we've seen this old man around and like the kids get kicked out of the jail. Like, get out of here, kids. Don't get your dad. And they <laughs> no run into the kids. old <laughs> They run into this old man and his name is Oslo, which is just a city. It's not a, a food pun or like a contemporary <laughs> name of the year two thousand and one. So I don't know exactly where that came from. Maybe Oslo's like the hottest culinary city, and I just don't know about it. Oslo is like this little classic old man, except he doesn't really have a lot of visible arm. 
He's just kind of a diglet man with a yes! big curly cue, cue, big curly cue hair on top and like a triangle beard, a mm. tripoint beard and like shoulder pads. Yeah, but he like he's a chef. He's worked with Chef Jack and he wants to teach Chase how to create his own food on to help break his dad out of jail. But Chase cannot make a food on, even though his dad's a food on master. And that is his great embarrassment. And I think at some point they have to go and get the Mac cart, M-A-C cart. I don't mm-hmm. know if they ex- explain what M-A-C stands for. Um, I didn't re- pick up on that at least. Uh, make, but it's just like, make a cuisine. Is that real? I don't know. It could okay. be. Okay. I was going to say, did you take that down? So they get this cart and this cart appears to just be the family restaurant cart where yeah. they, they can transform it into lots of different things. Like, you know, they can cook in it. They can turn it into a driving cart where you can sit inside. Uh, sometimes it's a plane. Sometimes you can <laughs> drive it. There's a lot going on with this cart. It was definitely mm-hmm. 100% a toy. Yeah. Uh, so they have to break uh, their dad out of jail with this. And eventually, the 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 food that was on the ceremonial uh, stand, they add the last ingredient to it, and they throw the card at it. And everyone's like, no! But it turns into a giant uh, dinosaur with a cow head. Yeah, named Beefsteak. Beefsteak, and like, yeah. They're kind of like Pokemon. Later in the third episode we watched, there is a Foodon who says something besides their name. So I don't think that's a rule. But primarily, they do just say their name. I think I think they are born knowing their name first. And then they learn yeah. everything later. Takes a long time. You know how babies just say their own name to communicate <laughs> all emotions. That's how every baby I've interacted works. So... There, there's this big uh, beefsteak terrorizing town, and Ozzo's like, well, Chase, you know what you have to do. You have to cook something up to defeat it. Your dad's in no shape to, to help out. And he's like, here, let me give you this uh, Michael's secret stuff, where he, yes. he hands him a turbo-powered meal ticket, uh, which is actually just a regular meal ticket. And I wrote down before I figured out that was the game of the thing. I'm like, this doesn't look turbo. It looks like a regular one. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's the Michael's. Was it Michael's secret stuff or Michael's secret sauce? It's it's stuff. Okay. I, you can't Michael's call water sauce. a sauce, but you could call water a stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't water be a sauce? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you failed culinary school. <laughs> I tried to add water sauce to everything. <laughs> if you just put some salt in it, it's it's a sauce now. Hot ham water. <laughs> it's hot ham water. My greatest culinary feat. Oh. So he cooks up a fried rice dish and we meet a uh, fried ricer who is he's he's just like a guy, but like when you get to the head, it's a plate and then a pile of rice. And like angry eyes, uh, yeah. and, he, and he wields these two spoons, mm-hmm. and they're like they're like the ramen broth tasting spoons, the big ones. Yeah, and he 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 defeats beefsteak, and then that's about it. Uh, beefsteak, <laughs> beefsteak, and then 
Chef Jack appears and says, hey, good work out there. Uh, It's great to see you too, my lovely, wonderful kids. I have to go join the rebellion again. I'll see you later. (laughs) This old man has got you. You'll be fine. The old man also doesn't say anything about joining them. He just does. He's like, okay, time to start the adventure. Uh, These are your new dads now, Oslo and Fried Ricer. (laughs) They'll take care of you. (laughs) Don't eat your dad. (laughs) Do Foodons eat each other? I have so many questions. (laughs) Like, how long does a Foodon live? Can you... Can you summon it indefinitely? Okay, so if you made if you make a fried ricer, and let's say you didn't put him back in his pokeball, as it were, he was just walking okay. around with you. Would he only last as long as fried rice itself would last? I want to say no, because I think as soon as it is a monster, now it is imbued with life energy. Okay. But the like, life energy of what? Because everything that's alive lives different. Like, I mean, like if you're a Galapagos tortoise, you can live to be like 130 years old. Or if you're like a mouse, you you know, you're lucky if you make it to two. Yeah. I, I'm going to say like a tortoise. Like it's it's a it's a long living guy. And like the beef steaks, a, a dinosaur, like you said, do we know like the lifespan of a dinosaur? Could we, we guess? <laughs> Uh, like, did se- a dinosaur... Several million years. There was only <laughs> a handful, and they all lasted that long. <laughs> I've never thought about this before. Like, did a dinosaur just, like, croak when it got to be 30? Did, can, uh, were there dinosaurs that are as old as our dad? There had to be. At, at the very minimum, there were dinosaurs that were old as our dad. Probably, okay. most likely, longer. Um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, There's, I, I, I'm sure. Hold on. Do I need to search this? I'm looking this up too. How long did a dinosaur live? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So Sue, the most famous T-Rex of the Field Museum in Chicago, is thought to have lived almost 29 years, although it would have achieved adult size after 20 years. So I'm older than Sue now. Which makes, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know if I feel sad, if I feel proud. You beat a dinosaur in living years. I did. Yeah, and now dad's beaten like two and dinosaurs and some change. <laughs> Is this how we're going to start writing on his birthday cards? You are now <laughs> 2.65 dinosaurs old. <laughs> he'll love it. He'll, will, he'll love it. You're not a dinosaur yet. In fact, you're way better than a dinosaur. our dad is better than two dinosaurs take that (laughs) uh yeah i think fighting foodons i think they yeah i think they live like pokemon honestly they're like animals they even though they're bipedal and like can speak uh yeah you get the pokemon quandary where they will probably live maybe like because in pokemon there are some pokemon that have been alive forever and some that are old. So you're, I imagine they're like... You're right. There are some Pokemon that are have the lifespan of, at the very least, a person. And up to 500 years. At the least a person. So if you at just get like a little Rattata, it, 
that thing could outlive you. You'd have to put the rattata in your will and make like your nephew carry it around when Some you people die. Do. Yeah, that's what they I, did. They had like God, inheritance Pokemon. I've never thought about this. I'm asking about foodons. I never even thought about how long a Pokemon lives. There's a lot of quandary about. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, like, here's the thing. If Pokemon do live like that and you inherit Pokemon, there's so yeah. many Pokemon in the world. God, there's going to be too many. Yeah, there's like an overpopulation thing, which means they must eat them. Right. You eat your Magikarp, eat your Togepi, eat your Farfetch'd. We know eat that for sure. Togepi? <laughs> Togepi omelet? Don't, don't. Well, this, it was proven. Unraveled proof. It was proven. What is the most Brian. edible Pokemon? The answer was Togepi. Spoiler alert. Brian, no. <laughs> don't eat your own personal Togepi. What, so so eat, eat someone else's Togepi? Don't. Sorry, Dave. I was hungry. <laughs> I killed your best friend and ate him. <laughs> Just take one and execute. Like, they won't miss one. One of them doesn't even have eyes. Eat that one. <laughs> I, I think after you remove, like, an execute from an execute, they either, like, go crazy or they die. It's like a sim- symbolic thing. Or not a symbolic, a symbiotic thing. Okay. So, like, five of them have eyes, and one of them's just a crack. I don't think there's there's eyes back there. I think I think the crack So it's just eyes. rolling around open, and it's probably unhealthy to eat. <laughs> it's probably unhealthy to eat your best friend, yeah. It, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it. I don't know, if I was hungry enough. <laughs> In episode seven, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> they're on this cruise ship. Um, yeah, this episode is called Avast Ye Gluttons, uh, by the way, and they are on a cruise ship called the SS Food Fight, which, of course, to bring it back to Pokemon, did remind me of the SS Anne. Yeah, me too. I thought they were going to have to, they were going to flip the, the boat upside down and have to do another Poseidon adventure. So this episode was swapped with the one we wanted to. The one mm-hmm. I wanted to watch had a pizza pun in the title. I don't remember what it was. You want a pizza me. Yeah, I wanted to pick the pizza episode, but on Amazon Prime, which is where we watched this, uh, it was flipped with this episode. So we'll just, we just I didn't want to spend the time to try and find the right episode. So yeah. we just went, went with it. Uh, it's fine. So this is, I think, part two of a two-parter. Yeah. Uh, which I generally try and avoid when we're picking random episodes. But what are you going to do? And it seems like they, for one, there's two new kids uh, with Chase and, I forgot, I already forgot her name. Kayla. Kayla. Yeah, Chase and Kayla. Yeah. Uh, we have Python, who is, hmm, Python is just a, a small kid with no visible hands. He His sleeves are, are much longer. Yeah. He's all sleeves, and I think he has a hat. He's got a hat with, like, goggles on it, with, like, sunglasses on it, and, like, a little, uh, he's got, like, the same haircut as Kayla. He's got little, like, buns. Hmm. And we also meet... Yeah, I didn't clock this other kid at all. I was just like, and there's a blonde one there, too. I don't know what his name was. Albert. Pretty Boy is Albert was the note I took. Okay, that's a helpful note. Yeah, Albert, and he's 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 like a 
Chef Jack super fan. Uh, yeah. When Chef Jack appears later, either in this episode or the next episode, uh, he's a total fanboy and he's fawning over him. Uh, and that so far that seems to be his personality. He's like a fancy guy, but he's a super fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So this appears to be the second part of a tournament. There's an announcer that's kind of announcing everything as it happens, like a very good narrator. And it seems they've beaten the preliminaries and they're on to the bosses of this tournament. And we meet uh, four characters called the Big Four. Get ready. One of these characters, super racist. Just no way around it. Very gross. We meet Rose Marinade. Yeah, Rose Marinade... uh... Yeah, she's a she's a villainess. She's a, in the line of a Jesse or a Petrofina. Yeah. She seems ostensibly kind of like the leader of the gang. Yeah. We also have uh, Grill, who is just kind of a... He's kind of like a Rambo character. He just, His he name just, is Grill, which is yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, he's very beefy. He's a beefy Grill. Uh, we have uh, the very best boy, Cole Slaughter. Uh, spelled S-A-S-L-A-W-T-E-R. Mm. And he's he's just like a, he's an ocean boy. He's got a bandana. He's got an anchor tattooed yeah. on his arm. Yeah, I, I really liked this character, uh, which was probably mostly due to him being voiced by Eric Stewart. And then we have uh, the very uh, racist character, Cinnamonkey, who is just very clearly uh, an Indian character. Yeah. That is just called a monkey, and that sucks, and that's racist. Uh, and they don't talk about that. But yeah. And so these are the big big four that Chase and the gang are going to have to beat. And it starts out with him saying, okay, well, let's let's buy you uh, or let's make you a big, di- big uh, dish. They make a big show of like summoning a bunch of fish from the sea. One of them, Grill, I think. Oh, no, Grill is, is like the weird ominous character because he has yes. like, a robot eye. Yeah. I'm of a different character. Yeah, Grill yeah. does not. Grill's more like the cool, aloof one, and it doesn't seem like his name would just be Grill. Yeah, he's that's my. What, that's what he's my. F- like the other ones, mostly have like full names, and he, his name's like a single, very aggressive verb. Yeah, yeah. He, so yeah, he's not a beefy character. He's like a fully robed, like formal character, like a very smart, pretty boy with like a big hat, and he's got mm-hmm. like a half robot face. And he uses his bionic eye lasers to chop up the fish that fly out of the sea. Uh, and then uh, Cole Slaughter catches all the fish in like a huge like bowl. Uh, monkey d- like sprinkles on some spice. They close it and then they open it up and the- several plated meals appear <laughs> and uh, <laughs> land on the boat deck on tables and everyone starts eating. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids eat it, and they're, they they try one bite, and then they're so entranced. They're enchanted by the taste. They're drawn in. Will they ever be able to escape? And that's Rose Marinade's goal, is that she wants to, like, get Chase in with the gluttons, to steal him away from the rebellion that his dad is on. Yeah. So eventually, so throughout this episode, you've seen a a hooded character in the audience which you can tell almost immediately from the first beginning of the episode is Chef Jack. And guess yeah. what? It's Chef Jack. <laughs> he <laughs> reveals himself and knocks Chase and everyone out of it. 
And then all of the big four start summoning their foodons. Rose Marinade summons Spring Chicken, which is mm-hmm. a huge bird, like a Mothra-sized bird, uh, <laughs> with like a like a hammerhead head, like it's wider than than it should be. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Another subplot of this episode is that we've got that kid Pie Ten. They've captured his parents, and they're holding his parents uh, captive somewhere. And they do eventually rescue the parents, and their names are Pa Tin and Ma Tin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they dress they dress the same way, and they also have big sunglasses. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they've been imp- they're also chefs, and they've been imprisoned to make a fish stick that can brainwash people. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? I mean, so first you have to convince somebody to eat a fish stick, which seems like enough <laughs> of a challenge. When was the last time you had fish sticks? God, I, I, I've never enjoyed them. Really? No. I. It's been at least 10 years since I've had a fish stick. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think the last time I had fish sticks was at home when I was like still in school. Like I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also missed out on the last episode that we didn't see because this is the second part of a two-parter. Uh, Chase created a new food on. Uh, called Hot Dog Gonnet. The best! <laughs> You're a big Hot Dog Gonnet fan? It's a hot dog cowboy, and it's it sounds like this! Hot Dog on it. <laughs> it's very fun. It's probably better than Fried Ricer. Yeah. Fried Ricer's just a guy. Yeah. He's not like, a cowboy. <laughs> he's no cowboy. You're just a guy. So Jack appears, he summons his own fighting food on called Toe Furious, uh, which was my favorite Fast and the Furious character. Um, <laughs> and it, it just looks like a fried ricer, except it has a square head because mm-hmm. uh, it's tofu. And then they turn the food cart into a plane. They fight the big spring chicken and they win. That's about it. Uh, and then Chase falls out of the plane at some point and... Uh, two mysterious people pick him up one is a girl with like a big pigtail a mask Mm -hmm. and a big hat and the other guy is like a big buff like street fighter character with an iron iron mask and a big red scarf very Mm -hmm. cool looking character uh and the narrator just says and that's how chase landed on banana island yeah and and then it comes that's the end of the episode it's like that Simpsons episode where the kid's school bus gets stranded on an island and it's a Lord of the Flies episode. And then the final shot of the episode <laughs> is like the camera zooming out and just some narrator we haven't heard before is like, and then the kids were saved by, oh, I don't know. Let's say Mo. <laughs> and then the episode <laughs> just ends. Was that a real thing? Yeah, that's the Simpsons episode Das Bus. That's great. <laughs> uh, I also, I kind of skimmed through that episode, but I did want to mention when Jack creates Toe Furious, uh, he he says, uh, and I quote, soy boy, do your stuff, which <laughs> I would love to have on a t-shirt. <laughs> there was a lot of like throwaway lines in this that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And then we open on episode 13. Melody, Slaw and what? order. Slaw and order. Okay. This is the one that had Cole Slaughter in it. This is where yeah. he really came into his own. Yeah. Yeah. The episode starts. This is another like 
not exactly a, a two-parter, but it picks up immediately after the action of an episode we did not see. Uh, the kids went to some area called Marmaland that was being controlled by Cinnamonkey. Cinnamonkey is defeated and gone? Dead? Yeah, not sure. Turned, I'm pretty sure they say they turned him back into a real monkey. What? Which begs the question that in order to... For one, Cinnamonkey must have been a food on, which means that they put monkey in that food and hit it with a meal ticket. Somebody's got to eat monkey out there. I'm not familiar with it. A whole living monkey? The fact that it would be like an entire monkey, like how you see like a pig with an apple on its mouth in like a cartoon. I don't know if it's that. I, I've never heard of anybody eating an entire monkey. <laughs> I really hope they wouldn't. But yeah, that happened in the previous episode. Yeah, but so the, the episode starts with the kids saying goodbye to like the mayor of Marmaland. And the mayor's like, you can get out anything you want in exchange for your help. And so the kids ask for a five-star meal ticket, which basically is the turbo meal ticket that was yeah. teased to us in the first episode and turned out to just be water. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what the kids so yeah, are at. Uh, Python, like, when he gets away with this, the other kids say, uh, when it comes to dishing out bologna, Python takes the cake, which is a nonsense sentence in any other context. Yep. And then we cut over. Uh, we meet Gorgeous Gorge for the first time in the episodes that we have watched. Maybe he was previously mm. introduced. He is truly gorgeous. He's got a great makeup look. He's very glamorous. Yeah. He's like a kabuki warlord. Yeah. And he's got his big four chefs there, minus Cinnamonkey. And, but I guess they told him, like, Cinnamonkey hasn't been destroyed. He's just, like, gone. Like, he's just not there. So, like, yeah. he expects his chefs to make him, to each make him their own specialty dish. And it's only um, Cole Slaughter and Rose Marinade and Grill there. And, mm -hmm. But Cole Slaughter uh, was covering for Cinnamonkey. I don't, I don't know why. I guess just to prevent, K, you know, King Gorge from getting mad. He's he, So he made a phantom fourth dish. Like, I asked Cinnamonkey made that earlier and then had to leave, sir. It's only <laughs> us three are here for the presentation. Mm-hmm. This is where I started to like Cole Slaughter, where he covers yeah. for his friends. Also, this scene reminded me of that bit in Valerian where that mm -hmm. big alien guy is eating the food off the hats. <laughs> what a good scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish they had to serve him food on like a huge brimmed hat. Yeah. But it wouldn't end with him trying to eat the brain of that hat person. Yeah. So uh, we cut to from. Okay, so he tries to feed him the phantom dish. And he's like, well, that that sucks. You're, you're out of here. And drops him down a pit. A la, yeah. A la like evil villain. And yeah. he, he appears to like fall into like a pool. Gets bit by piranhas and jumps back out and just stands there. And he's like, you, you, yeah. you got to give me a second choice. And George is like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've bested my pit. You've bested my pit. Get out there. You got to prove something, yourself today. 
Which is something I hope to see in the next James Bond movie. We have a villain sends some. Bo- a villain sends Bond to the pit, and Bond just crawls out of the pit. Actually, now that I'm saying it, I think that's the plot of The Dark Knight Rises: is that Batman crawls out of a pit. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't like dropped into it, a la like lever though. Yeah, if only. Like, I just want <laughs> always more like pits in the floor and ejector seats and things like that. More levers, please. Yeah, levers! Right, you know, uh, not since The Emperor's New Groove have we seen a movie really rely on levers. Blessed be. So we cut from that to the two people that we met at the end of Mm. the last episode. This is now several episodes later. We find out their names are Coco is the little one and Chef John is the masked one. And it's implied that he's comrades with Chef Jack because his on looks very similar to his, to Chef Jack's. They sound the same, so I figured that was his brother. Yeah, that's what I figure. But he's got a mask, so he's 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 the Racer X. Maybe he doesn't yeah. know it's his brother. <laughs> uh, and then the a new on kind of appears on this like town uh, where these where Coco and Chef John are hiding out. Uh, like I think they're behind like cardboard cutouts or something, or like behind mm. two walls, just kind of like hanging out. I think they're looking for Chase, and this weird-looking fighting Fudon who has just like a bowl for a head with like the wooden lid on it, and he sounds just like Digitamamon. Like he sounds <laughs> like that egg with eyes and legs that was angry at the Digitestins for stealing soup. Oh my God! Yeah. He sounds just like that. And so he, I think they, this fighting food on, like, messes with the town and ends up capturing uh, Coco and, and uh, John, Chef John. I'm losing place in my notes. Uh, there it is. I, I'm trying to Google a bacon sculpture and I'm not finding the bacon sculpture I'm looking for. What are you looking for? We're Do you remember... <laughs> I wrote this down in my notes and I don't know why I wrote it down. So there's something meaty in this episode that happens that suddenly gave me a flashback to this. We had a Nickelodeon magazine among the many that we had when we were kids mm-hmm. that had like some page in it about like weird art. You can make a sculpture out of anything. And it was one of those real articles where like it talks about and it wasn't like an activity for kids. It was like we're talking about real artists out there who've made something incredible. Isn't it weird? Look, kids. And there was an artist <laughs> who made this like they made a room and they had like furniture in it. Like there's a chair and there's a lamp and there's a little table and there's like two people in it. And it's seen from their body language, you can tell it's like a couple and they're turned away from each other like they're fighting. But every surface is laid over with raw bacon. And it raw was raw bacon, not even cooked. It looked raw to me. Maybe this was raw bacon that was then like shellacked or treated or something so that it would be museum stable and it wouldn't, you know, smell bad in a museum. I don't know. I don't remember. But it was such a haunting image. It looked like a magic eye or something. Like, everything is the same texture. And you look at it, and then those people just sort of, like, come out at you. I Very eerie, very haunting. I hadn't thought about it in years. Something made me think about that bacon person sculpture. And I'm trying to Google this. 
But unfortunately, the artist Francis Bacon has done a lot of sculptures, <laughs> and I haven't found it yet. Bad news. Francis Bacon is is cucking me from my true Bacon performance. I just got to hope we still have that Nickelodeon magazine issue on our parents' basement, and then I can vindicate myself. I don't know if we still, if they, I feel like we threw, unfortunately, I think we dad made us throw a lot of those away. I don't mm. know if we still have any. We'll have to go to eBay for those. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, after Coco and Chef John get captured, um, and we see the kids and Oslo on the road, uh, and they're testing Fried Ricer's speed and reflexes. Fried Ricer is like leading the cart. He's like carrying it just by himself while they're all riding in it, which is already cruel. Um <laughs> But then they stop and, like, try and play, like, rock, paper, scissors with him. And they do it faster and faster until Chase gets exhausted and Fried Reiser stands victorious. And he's like, very good uh, training we did here. Yeah, yeah. And then they stumble upon where that that mysterious Fudon captured Coco and Chef John. And yes. uh, Cole Slaughter is there now. Uh, and we find out that that Fudon's name is sizzler but my autocorrect kept calling him sizzles so i'm gonna call him sizzles <laughs> sizzles and he he inexplicably sounds like a peter laurie peter laurie help me um that's basically what ren sounds like anytime there's a guy in a cartoon who's like yes sir oh yes, it's yes, like yes. this old actor named peter laurie he was in casablanca and stuff it's one of those things that i now only know through cartoons because i've seen way more cartoons than i have seen any classic films right it was when bugs bunny was making references that we didn't know but now are references to bugs bunny yeah we make them now it's it's a weird yeah. turnabout yes chase relays that the two characters that are on the boat he explains to the other characters are secret agents of the Hot Pepper Society. Yes. Uh, and they find him because Coco was dropping ninja stars on the like the road while they're being captured. Um, and so they, and Cole Slaughter and Chase strike a deal that say, uh, if I'm able to beat uh, Sizzles in like a one-on-one with, with Fried Ricer, then you get to let my friends go and you guys return what you stole from the townspeople which was like a lot of food rations. Um, and if I win, uh, I'll become your apprentice and I'll, jo- and I'll join these, these goons, mm. the gluttons. That's what it is. And there's a showdown and Fried Ricer, thanks to the training earlier, like blocks in the final blow and wins. Yeah. Uh, Siz- uh, Sizzle starts shooting fireworks out of his bullhead. Like, like f- I don't know what food fireworks these would be. Oh. Like Pop Rocks. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but they they block it back up with the wooden lid and he blows up, killing him instantly. <gasps> He's dead. He's dead. I, there's a bit somewhere in this episode that I thought was very charming to go back a bit. So they've captured Coco and Chef John and Claudia, that cute pink cat girl, is there. Mm-hmm. And she's teasing Coco about having a crush on Chase. And to prove that she's a crush on Chase, uh, Coco wears like a walk hat. Claudia cracks an egg on Coco's walk hat and it sizzles. And like that heat is proof that she has a crush on Chase. That's love heat. 
Like, it's so abstract, but you get it. Like, that's this weird culinary equivalent to, like, somebody blushing or something. Yeah, it was a little cute moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, will, I will admit, most of my notes are what I'm trying to remember the show from. Typically, mm-hmm. I will watch these either the day of or the day before, just so it's fresh in my memory. But, oh, that's uh, good. But people were working on the roof of the building that is, like, a, a less than a foot away from ours. So we couldn't do much about it. So we had to push it back for a bit. Uh, so it's not quite fresh in my memory. Yeah, my notes are also from over a week ago. So my, I just have fragments. I don't know the plot of any of these episodes anymore. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a girl with a hat. And uh, there's like a hot dog guy. There's <laughs> <laughs> a hot dog guy. So yeah, the episode ends with uh, Cole Slaughter keeping his promise He's like, I'm an honorable coal slaughter. I'll yeah. return the food and I'll return your friends. And then he goes before Gorge again and he throws him to the crocs this time. But he does the same thing where he jumps back out and pledges to get chased next time. And that's where the episode ends. And that's that was the last episode. Yeah, I, I like that Cole like respects Chase and like yeah. wants him as an apprentice, like not to control him, just more to be like, I'd love to work with you. I think you have a lot of talent. I think we'd make a great team. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an evil guy. I think that's just what ended up being his job. Yeah. I really like Cole Slaughter. Like I, like I said, mostly because of his, his demeanor and his voice actor, but I like mm-hmm. how they wrote him. I like an yeah. honorable villain. Yeah. Like I, I, I made you a wager. I lost the wager. I'll accept the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I always love that when they do that. But yeah, that was fighting foodons. What did you think, Mel? <laughs> There's uh, some solid wordplay in there. There are chuckles to be had. There's some neat character designs for the foodons, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, it didn't really uh, strike me as anything that special outside of that. Do you think you would watch more? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember this being fun when we were kids, and I think it is very fun, sort of silly adventure for kids. But as an adult, like there's jokes in here I can appreciate. There's wordplay and things, but I, I, I wasn't like I have to find out what happens to Kayla in Python. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I enjoyed this. It was definitely like a quintessential like early 2000s early 90s four kids adaptation yeah cartoon. like it's quintessential yes. felt a lot like pokemon mostly due to like the voice acting and like the dub choices they made and like the script and everything it's it's pretty fun i think if a kid was watching this they would have a fun time i don't know yeah. if i will be going back and watching these um, yeah i don't remember i think i either bought the series or the season for us to watch, or I bought the individual episodes. I don't remember. But uh, if I do own the season, I will probably watch it at some point. Uh, <laughs> but it's not very high on my priority list. But yeah. nonetheless, it is a very fun show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was uh, my pick for the for this week. Uh, next, we have Mel's pick. Mel, what are we watching next, uh, next time? Okay. So I was watching a YouTube video about... The first film that Peter Jackson, director of Lord of the Rings, ever directed. Mm. You know, this this horror movie called Bad Taste that he made in the late 80s for like practically no money. And he had it it took like four years to make because he was shooting every weekend 
He was shooting every Sunday because he was working the other six days of the week doing these odd jobs to get the money to buy the film stock to make the film. Like, it was like a really interesting behind the scenes story of like how this big director got started. Anyway, but in one of these behind the scenes shots where like he's on camera talking about like, yeah, to do this, uh, the, this is the effect I used for the fake blood and this is the effect I used for that alien monster head. He's wearing a t-shirt with a picture of Rupert on it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't thought about Rupert. And I didn't know Rupert existed in New Zealand in the 80s. How old is Rupert? <laughs> Where's Rupert from? Rupert probably lived as long as a dinosaur. <laughs> well, I believe he's a polar bear, so maybe he lives that long. Yeah, uh, weird roundabout way of getting reminded of this show. But yeah, let's watch Rupert. Great. Sounds fun. Yeah. I don't remember it very well. He's a spinoff of Arthur, right? No. No. You go. You remember Rupert. He's a polar bear who's wearing like a red sweater and like yellow plaid pants and a scarf. This aired on uh, Nick Jr. in the same block with the Adventures of Tintin cartoon. So my memories of this and of Tintin are like pretty smushed together. But I think they're both just sort of these fantastical, whimsical adventure shows. Are you Googling okay. Rupert the Bear? Does he look yeah, familiar? I remember now. He, he reminded me of Buster from Arthur. Yeah. Who I, who I thought got his own show, but he was... Did. He did get his own show? Okay, so I'm not misremembering. Yeah, yeah. Postcards from Buster is real. Okay. So that's that's why I'm confused. But yeah, Rupert, I'm totally down to watch this. Yeah. So I uh, found a episode playlist on YouTube, and I was looking through the episode names, and I would like to watch episode nine, which is called Rupert and Bill in Gameland. Okay. I don't know who Bill is. We'll find out. And then I will, <laughs> I will have you pick two more of these oh, okay. episodes. So we've got Rupert and Bill in Gameland, and your other options are Rupert in Timeland, Rupert in Toyland, Rupert in Dreamland, or Rupert in Mirrorland. Okay. He goes uh, to several lands. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to say Rupert in Toyland and Rupert in Mirrorland. Let's do those. Okay. So this will be episode nine and then episode 44 and 47. <laughs> Love it. Love to see that. Yeah, the episodes 44, 45, and 47 are all land episodes. If you happen to want something more in the middle, Rupert and Timeland is episode 18. No, let's let's do episode 9 and then jump ahead 40 episodes. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be watching episode 9, Rupert and Bill in Gameland. And then I don't know if Bill returns for these other ones. Uh, episode 44, Rupert and Toyland. And episode 47, Rupert in Mirrorland. <laughs> Can't wait. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, look forward to that next time. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys would like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, it would greatly help out the show. Uh, if, if you don't have iTunes anywhere else, you can watch and review podcasts. It would be a great help to us. It helps people find the show. And if you send us a, a screenshot of your five-star review, we'll read it aloud on the show. Um, if you want to talk to us on Twitter... You can email suggestions or comments or anything to our email, which is SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com, or you could tweet us uh, at SaturdayMOPod. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at Shams Wilk. Mel? 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyBit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. Uh, I'm on the review show every week, which is a book club style media discussion show about different movies, season of a TV show, couple volumes of a comic. And we've got our weekly off topic discussion chat show, uh, The Captain's Log. We just recorded a very special episode of The Captain's Log that should be out by now, where we interviewed Paul Bay, creator of the Black Tapes audio drama. That's awesome. Yeah, one of our favorite, we're both big audio drama nerds, me and my co-host Kyle. That's one of our favorites, and we were honored to get to talk to one of its creators. Yeah, very fun. That's awesome. Can't wait. So yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you tune in next time. And don't forget, relax, kick back, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Let's see you escape this one, rebel chefs. Oh, how noble. Chef Jack's taking them on a rescue mission. And all along, I thought he was here to woo little me. What a shame. power. I'll show you power. Hungry? Ha-ha. <laughs> it's time to serve Tofurious. Tofurious. Soy boy, do your stuff. That's our cue to Kung Fu! Now serving, Sir Dumpling! Sir Dumpling! Dolly Gun! Fried Racer! Hot Dog on it! Get those gluttons! Fried Racer! Dog Gun! Idiom! Fried Racer! Well, that took care of them for a while. Uh, Someone's escaped. Right! This is cool! Not this kind of aquarium, Python. King Gorge's mad chefs are developing a special fish stick to brainwash his subjects. Well, they do say that fish is brain food. Mind control is not part of a balanced diet, Chase. <laughs>